So, yeah, like Debian mentioned, maybe he didn't, but I'm Jacques. I'm uh, one of the, the elders here. And, yeah, we've been doing a message series or, um, from, for March called Becoming Love. And I'm just going to log in here. Um, becoming love that we started um, last week with, and I don't know if uh, um, English is correct in that second term, but it made sense in Afrikaans. Um, loving to lose. Is that spelled correctly? It doesn't look right. What's wrong with it, Gert? Huh? Lose. Sorry. But lose like in lose... Um, a game or lose something, is that correct? Thanks, Aubrey. So it always helps um, to have someone um, with that. But yeah, so that's the sermon um, for for today. I'm not going to dive too deep now into why I called it like that. Um, but yeah, firstly, just thanks for the worship team. You guys already sat and just all the words brought um, almost want to read John 15 again because Franz read it and then Nita read it as well. And it um, is a big focus for the uh, Becoming Love sermon series. And maybe just to give some background uh, or a bit of a refresher for those who haven't been here or you have been here, uh, but uh, just for a refresher's sake, if we go to the next slide. Um, just the idea of becoming versus gathering information. In this day of age, we're all, we get a lot of info continually, and, we, and that's not a problem, but over time we can carry that into our relationship with God. And we start thinking the more information we gather and get and knowledge we heap up, the more we know God in that sense, and the more Christian we are, and, and all of that. And... Um, Although renewing the mind is so big part of the Christian journey, we cannot stop there. We cannot end by reading up more and only think, okay, we've satisfied our mind in terms of getting more information, but our, our like Diebia mentions, head, heart, hands, our whole being isn't transformed in the process as well. And that's why I called it Becoming Love, because I don't only want to give teachings about love. There's many amazing teachings about love. And I mean, the Bible is basically a story of love, of God's love towards us. And it's, it's inspiring and beautiful just to, to behold that. But the focus here is becoming love. So how I think of it, Matthew, one of the other elders, isn't here, but he builds roads for a living. Maybe more than that, he designs them as well. But just for layman's terms, let's say he builds roads. And let's say he was here this morning, and your goal was to tar the road going here, um, Beitekant. And he said, cool, you don't... You you unfortunately, for whatever reason, you cannot first go study it and go read up on it. Um, he's going to give you a crash course on how to do it. Your focus is going to be different because you know you have to build a road after you leave uh, that conversation. 
Now, I almost want us to have that same way of looking at this, that we don't look at making lots of notes. I don't want to necessarily give you a lot of things to meditate on, although I think there's a lot of things to meditate on, but I want you to think, how am I going to become love? How are you going to change in your circumstances where you are to become like Jesus and become love? And like I mentioned last time, it's almost like playing a game. If you think of soccer, if you don't know the rules of soccer and you don't realize that scoring a goal is the aim of a game, you might just kick the ball around and have lots of fun and keep yourself very busy. But at the end of it, you're maybe going to realize that, oh, wow, I didn't know I should score a goal to win type of thing. And the same with us as Christians. We can sometimes keep ourselves busy with lots of information, think about a lot of things, take a lot of things in, but we don't get to doing and becoming. And in that sense, we kind of like miss the, the goal of it as well. And if we look at John 15, that's the parable where Jesus just says that he's the vine um, and his father is the vine dresser. And that if we do not, if the branches don't bear fruit, a practical principle, then the branches get cut off. And if it bears fruit, it's pruned so that it might bear more fruit. And then Jesus also then says that bearing fruit is what glorifies the Father. Now, I think for all of us, that would be our ultimate goal is saying, how can we glorify God the Father, right? That is why we want to order our life in a way that glorifies him, hear his voice, learn more about him so that we can see how can we glorify him. And that is what the Bible says is how we bear fruit, is by glorifying the Father. So that is just a bit of why becoming love and the series um, that we embarking on. And maybe a spoiler alert Um, and I think it has been ministered to an extent this morning as well. Becoming love comes down to receiving God's love for us. If you need to just remember one thing throughout your life going forward about this, just remember this, that becoming love, you can only do if you have received God's love. So if you have any ambitions or things that you want to attain to, do this attain God's love. Make it your goal to receive his love. And I don't mean that by doing works to receive it, but opening yourself up to receive it and and going on that journey. So a recap, because the word love gets used a lot. I mean, um, I would maybe say I love coffee or I love that. But there's different words used for love. And if we go look at the New Testament... We'll see there's four words, um, just you have, I'm not even going to try and pronounce them, but, oh, I will, storge, empathy, bond, so that's a parental type of love that the Bible speaks about. Then you have friendship love, philia, and you have eros, that's romantic love or sexual love, and um, you learn more about that in marriage prep here. And then the last type of love is agape. Um, and that is the love of a deserving. Ach, the, the, sorry, that's not agape. Agape is the love of the undeserving. So the other love speaks to 
the love of a deserving, right? Eros, philia, you love someone and that speaks to almost an idea of attaining and owning that which you love in the end. So you love to get, while agape is a love that gives. It's an unconditional love. It doesn't love to, to get in that sense. And when we speak about love, that is the love that we're referring to, the love of the undeserved. Um, so last week we focused a bit more, okay, so what is the source of love? And we looked at 1 John 4 verse 7 that just speaks to the idea of love is from God, or not even the idea, the truth that love is, is from God and that Love is not a thing on its own, a characteristic that we attribute to God, but God is love. If God wasn't there, love wouldn't exist. God is the origin of love. And why that's important for us to understand, especially in this day and age, is to realize that love is not out there in sense of each one to his own type of thing. God is love. So if we want to look at defining what love is, we see that it is God. And God cannot switch off love. It's like the sun that is burning. It's not that he thinks of you sometimes and then he thinks, okay, I feel like I'm loving Gert now, but now Gert uh, did that and now I don't love him and he switches off his love towards us. He's continually loving us. That's just who he is. He cannot change that. um, That's just who he is. I guess he can change it if he really wants to, but that's who he is. It's like the sun that is burning continually, just um, heat um, going from it. And in that same way, God is love. It's one of the things that, that he is. Um, and we also said last time, when we read in John 4 verse 8, um, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. And the fact that God is love means that love is not a human achievement. So it's not something that we can own in that sense and then achieve. It's an attribute from God and at best flowing through us, um, that unconditional love. And we see that portrayed ultimately through God sending his son to the earth through Jesus Christ. Um, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And that, I mean, just realizing that that's God's love sometimes gets us to a place where we realize, but we actually don't deserve it. And that's the truth, is that we don't deserve God's love. And sometimes that's good to have that sink in because it's almost an uncomfortable thing. We feel we need to receive God's love, but to realize that we cannot deserve God's love and we, we don't deserve God's love. That's a big thing. Um, why? Because we were born in sin. Romans speaks about us as people. We were born in sin and with the punishment of sin and the wages of sin is death. So what we do, I mean, if you think of wages, wages is something you earn, you work for it, so you get paid. So the what we do earn is, or deserve is um, death, uh, eternal death. So by God's mercy, um, he sent his son so that 
we can actually receive that life. And that's the love of the undeserving. So Romans 5 speaking about, for while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. And that while we were still sinners, Christ shows his love for us in dying for us. So it's at our weakest point. It's at our most useless point where Christ died for us, if you think about it in that. It's when you have really nothing to contribute where God's love actually comes in. And that song we sang last, just about um, sweetly broken, it's just that idea of when we are really broken, when we realize our our lack of just being able to contribute every anything and the, the penalty of sin on our lives and that Christ died for us, that we can actually receive that love as well. So that's just a bit to, to get us to that place of where are we since from what we discussed um, last week. And uh, something that plays into that is just the story of a prodigal son. Now, Luke 15 speaks about that, and many of us would know the story of a prodigal son that went and he spent everything. Uh, he, he took got his inheritance, and then he went and spent everything abroad. And he walked away from the father. And then at a later stage, when he realized things were going really bad for him, he returned, and how the father received him. And that speaks to that love of the underserved and all of us in coming to Christ we go through that place whether we think we've sinned or not that is the reality of it and like I said becoming love starts with receiving God's love okay so that's that was all a basically an intro just up till now so shake your neighbor and say are you here So what I want to unpack this morning further is the part in 1 Corinthians 13, and we'll see to where we, we get in terms of time. Maybe we'll only do the first part this morning, but 1 Corinthians 13 is obviously the famous part about love, and I mean, it's, I guess it's used at a lot of marriage sermons as well, but it's so much more than that. It's... Um, God's love towards us and just explains how, how love works. Um, so becoming love, and this part I almost like to term in Corinthians 1, uh, 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1 to 3 as when effort doesn't equal fruit. So if we imagine you had to pay a lot of money to order something online and then you never got it. How disappointed won't you be if you had to save up a lot and go through a lot and in the end you order it, um, but it just, whether it was a scam or whatever, but the thing is you paid for it, but you didn't receive it. And in that same way, in terms of when we speak about bearing fruit, the Bible shows us where there's places where we can sacrifice and pay, but actually not get what we want it, and that's bearing fruit, like we saw in John 15. So let's read that part together. I'm just going to read here for us and do some rolling commentary on it. So if I speak 
in tongues. Sorry, I just want to change the size here. If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Now, we didn't have drummers here this morning, but I can guarantee you that if it's, if it's not harmonious music, especially with this, it's, it's not something you would sit and want to listen to, right? It's not going to be a blessing. It's not going to be something that's soothing to you. And in the same way, this piece just starts off with saying that if there's a place where you can speak in tongues of men and of angels but have not love, it the, has the opposite effect of one, what one would think of when you think of it. And this part in 1 Corinthians of the verse 1 to 3 speaks of attributes that is noble and respectable and I would say something that we should desire. And we'll, as we go through it, we'll realize it. It's sometimes easy to look at something like this and think, okay, we should not be like that. And then we can miss the point. So it's not about not sacrificing, but it's the idea of if love is absent, where the problem is. But just thinking about this, um, speaking in tongues of angels and of men, that sounds amazing if someone attains to that um, and just, yeah, obviously fruit of the Spirit um, as well, but it, it shows that it's someone that walks a road with God and is seeking God um, in that sense. If we go to verse 2, it says, And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains. Just think a little bit about that. I mean, any problematic areas, I mean, you could almost solve world peace right now by just, if you, if you walk in with prophetic powers, understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and have faith so that you can remove mountains. That's really something that's desirable and for, for us to walk in. And we see that if we have it but do not have love, we have nothing. And then going to verse 3, it says, If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. And, I mean, again, giving away all you have, I mean, Jesus commanded that to the rich young ruler, saying that, go and sell all your things and follow me. So, again, it's, it's definitely not a bad thing. It's a thing that we should desire that God does in our hearts. And to deliver up your body to be burned in those times, especially um, persecution, meant that at some stages you were asked to renounce your faith and to walk away from Jesus. And if you don't, you get burned. So here we have someone, if we look at that CV almost, if you think of it, as someone that um, is giving everything away to the poor and not even open, but delivering up their body to be burned, to pay the ultimate price in terms of following Jesus and, and losing your life. Um, that is something that I almost want to say years are made of in, in that sense. And if we just look at that list of that CV points, so it's 
someone that speaks in tongues of men and angels, they have prophetic powers, understand all mysteries and all knowledge, have all faith so as to remove mountains, give everything away that they have, and then at the end of all of that, they deliver their body up to be burnt. I mean, who can find fault in anyone like that? I mean, think for yourself if you can have that devotion in following Jesus, in doing that, in in giving everything away and delivering your body up to be burnt. So what is wrong with that? And why would the Bible speak about it in, I mean, maybe I'm bringing it over in a maybe a, a light detoggery way, but why would this Bible compare something that is so noble almost so to be desired with, with um, not having love. And as I was thinking about it, I think, or something that came out for me, is just the fact how performance-driven that can be for us, just bringing it home to us and us becoming love. Many times we can find ourselves in a place where we think, if I do this, this, and this, then um, God is going to be happy with me. So in terms of following Jesus, I will do everything Jesus, and then at least I can tick the boxes. And we receive this unconditional love, but only to a measure where to, we are comfortable with it, where we are in control. And we can see that uh, this piece goes to lengths to show you can go almost all the way, but if you do not have love, you have nothing, a.k.a. you're fruitless. And that's someone that is really counting the cost in terms of following Jesus, but still at the end of it all, they fall short. Now, what I'm not trying to say here is look at that list and avoid that because that's not um, going <laughs> to um, get you into heaven. But it's true, it's not going to get you into heaven. And not that, and in it's about obviously about obedience, but sometimes we can think that we need to do things. And we think because if we haven't done things, we get disqualified um, in that sense. So if I didn't have quali- uh, quiet time or if I'm struggling with sexual sin or any of those things, then it disqualifies me from, from following Jesus um, and then we, we can find ourselves walking away from Jesus. And that just bringing back the parable of the, um, the young um, Luke 15, the prodigal son, we see in that, um, I think I have it there as the next slide, we see the older brother's response when the younger brother comes back. We see that he, he was angry and refused to go in. So here's the story. His brother has been away for many years. They split the inheritance between the two of them, or maybe a third and two-thirds, depending on our culture was at that time. And his younger brother goes and spends it completely. And this brother decides he's going to stay here and work. He's not going to be like his useless younger brother. He's going to going to earn his living and help his father. And when his younger brother comes back, it says that he was angry and refused to go in. He was angry and refused to go in. And then he says to his father, I have served you 
and I never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat. Just a tip on that, never say never, especially when you're married. Um, Never use those words. And I think maybe especially in terms of this, we can see his relationship with his father was one of not really seeing as his father, and especially if we pull this to God our Father, he didn't have a, a underlying truth of the goodness of God in that sense because he said, you never gave me a young goat. So we can see that he was in this whole performance-driven thing, and what that created in his heart was a place where he couldn't celebrate or receive his long-lost brother when he came back. And many times we find ourselves in that, that we want to be performance-driven, we want to do things for God, and in the end it keeps us from receiving God's love for us. Um, and with that, we can also then not love others around us, and that can then so easily become sculpture. But then we see the father correcting him a little bit later on, saying, son, you are always with me, and all that I'm, is mine is yours. So we see that his scenario was never one where he he never got anything, um, but he didn't understand his father's heart. And just how that performance-driven way of us thinking that we want to deserve God's love for us can lead us into that place where we become loveless in a way, and we do not become loved. So we can do loving things, and that's sometimes a thing we can go out and give homeless people food um, or do a loving act, which isn't bad in itself, but we never become love. It becomes a performance-driven thing where we put it to our list of attributes of why God should at least now be happy with me. Hopefully by now he would be satisfied with me. And that's just something that we need to identify in our journey in becoming love and realize it's, it's a lie. So just to, to summarize that part of this is that if we have not love, it says, that piece says, but have not love, I am nothing. So the highest price to pay if we're looking to sacrifice is love. So I want us to, let's go through the, the next part of it. So then the next part is just becoming love, and that's where the loving to lose part comes in. And as I thought about it, practically for us to, to love means we need to be able to release or let go of things because, like we said, agape love is the love that gives. So we should position ourselves in a place to give. And sometimes that might feel like losing because you're taking advantage you're being taken advantage of in sometimes. And sometimes that's the area where love can really manifest, is where things go wrong. And um, if we're not at a place where we're willing to do the Father's will and almost lose out in a way, then uh, having God's love go through us would be difficult. So I think I want us to just hear maybe split into groups and I want us to just discuss some of those principles and maybe um, Peter you can just jump to the last slide 
the ministry, where I just have some questions for us that I just want us to, to pause at and, and stand still on. So I want us to, at this stage, just discuss how should I slow down in becoming love? Just if you, you think of that in terms of have you received God's love for you and how has that idea of performance influenced your way in receiving God's love and also giving love? And what if further point to think of is how are you positioning your life in terms of accountability and support to be in a place where you can continually love? Because obviously the difficult thing sometimes is if we say that the best place to love is in adverse circumstances, it's normally those adverse circumstances that harden our hearts and then we stop loving because for whatever reason someone sinned against us and then we stop loving from that place. And how are you, what can you do practically to ensure that your heart stays soft and that you stay in a place of love? And then something to to also think of that what fears and lies keep you from loving obviously with a, a older brother one thing was that he felt that he, he the lie almost that he, he wanted acceptance but he felt that he had to earn the father's love by doing things and then the last one what does losing in order to love look like for you and especially to think just in terms of your day-to-day. So, again, in terms of practically doing this, how does that look? Where's areas where you should almost let go so that you can become love in those scenarios? Um, so let's take five minutes and split up in groups of two to three and just discuss that a little bit. Maybe just to get you started, if you can put that green-red slide on, I think it's the second-last one. Um, Just this one, and in terms of thinking of it, so the thing's green, it's not an eye test. Green things are what is love, red is what is it's not. So love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. So with that in mind, just as you go through those questions, just think in terms of big ones are are patience and kindness. Um, How does that look in, in those areas? Let's discuss that. I'll give you guys five minutes. Maybe you can start wrapping that last part. Sounds like you guys are having some good discussions.
Let's ask Franz if he can grab the guitar there for us. So as we just end off, um, just a final thing that I want us to, to, just as you go into this week to, to think of and um, speak to the Father about this, just your um, ability to, to celebrate others. And we haven't gone into depth into um, 1 Corinthians 4 to, to 8 this morning, but if we just do that uh, green and red slide there again, low. If possible, but just the, the idea of what what love is, and we there's a, there's a lot of things that speak to just that meekness, humility, and, and kindness that Christ also showed, and that we see spot of a fruit in the spirit but I feel that's something that God also wants to take us from and move us as through this this almost I want to say many of us come from a let's say old school shofar where it was a big focus just in terms of speaking the truth um, which is important but sometimes in some ways lacking doing it in in love and we almost um it's, it's that thing of not making, the, they say, keep the most important, the most important thing is to keep the most important thing, the most important thing. And as we see in the Bible, that is love. Obviously, truth is also love, but just for us to sometimes bring that over. And just as we go in a song of worship, I just also want to pray that for us, um, just to, to receive that from God, to be able to see others and ourselves through through God's eyes and to, to receive his love. So maybe just as we we close our eyes um, and yeah, if you can relate to that, I just want you to raise your hand just as a acknowledgement to God and then you can just pray that over you. Yeah, Father, we thank you that we can just come and humble ourselves in that respect, Father, and we just declare that need a revelation of your love so that we can love others father and that yeah we can move from that place of being the the older brother father with we can celebrate like alice said with the um people that are coming into the kingdom salvations that are happening and just different things that you are doing in people's lives father we thank you just for that and thank you just for that place of yeah moving into seeing things the way you see it father yeah, speak that over our hearts, Father, in Jesus' name. I think with that, we can just end off with a song. If um, Krista, you can maybe just seat the, the light switches, then we can just stand and just as we worship, just bring that before God.